Hey everyone, welcome to Sick in the City, where Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks spilling the tea on chronic illness. So this is our first episode and we are really excited to jump in with you guys and get started. We are going to be talking about all things chronic illness, Netflix, uh, The Bachelor, hot gossip, uh, coffee enemas, whatever you guys want to talk about, we are going to talk about. So we're going to just jump right in. So hey Mel, how are you doing today? I'm really great. I apologize for any construction sounds you hear out my window because we're in New York and it's just unpredictable. I've learned this about living here that you just can't control what's going on outside of your window. But besides that, it's been a really great week. I feel like we've had a lot of ups and downs this week. Yes, uh, together. <laughs> really high highs, a couple of low lows, but we decided to be spontaneous idiots and go to Brooklyn on Monday. And yeah. it was supposed to be 44 degrees. And we were like, that seems like a good day to take pictures yeah. for our Instagram. But we get out there and I think we severely underestimated how cold it was going to be. And you showed up and picked me up in your car and did not have a winter coat. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I won't need a winter coat. Like totally. she doesn't have a winter coat. And <laughs> then halfway through us shooting, we can't feel our fingers. It was so cold. And we have my camera on a tripod and we were trying to take pictures of ourselves and people were like surrounding us. And all of a sudden it starts snowing Yeah, <laughs> while we were sitting like, on a rock near the water in Brooklyn. <laughs> there's like water splashing up behind us, like in Little Mermaid, totally. like, and it starts snowing. And I, God, I don't think I've laughed that hard in such a long time. It was such a nice release, but also like I was freezing the rest of the day. Like, I don't know about it you. It was. I honestly think that as I was laughing, there were tears coming down my face that were like freezing into icicles as we were <laughs> laughing. Um, so yeah, it was so great. It was definitely strange, I think, to be out in the city, out in Brooklyn around other people, because I hadn't been in the city in almost a year, just, you know, because of the craziness going on with the pandemic. So it felt really strange, I think, to be in public and then freezing. Yeah. Nonetheless. I mean, I don't even remember what a winter coat is because I barely go outside. <laughs> so, oh my God, I know. Just putting on real clothes. Like I, I've been wearing hoodies and leggings nonstop for over a year and just trying on regular clothes. I was like, what are jeans? Like, <laughs> I don't remember what this feels like. How do I look good in the photograph? But yeah, there were like way more people around than I expected there to be even. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm still new to the city. I've been here like six months. So I'm, I don't know anything other than what's going on right now, but yeah, I'm sure it's way less busy than it normally is. Yeah. It's a, it's a hot spot. So, so we were in Dumbo down by the water and I mean, it was lunchtime and usually, you know, when I was, used to work down there, there was always people and like weddings and just random crazy photo shoots going on. Um, I feel like that's like kind of the hot spot for influencers and everyone that wants to shoot by the Manhattan Bridge. Um, and we literally saw a guy that was laying down in the street oh, yeah. when, when we passed by like the famous shot that like has Brooklyn Bridge in the background of the street. There's just a guy like laying in the street with his iPhone on a little stand behind him. I'm like, we could drive and run over your phone, bro. Like, what are you doing? I know. I think that like, there's this moment for me of just like, when I used to work down there, just 
hating all of the people that were doing that and blocking traffic to take pictures and just feeling like, (laughs) oh my God, like, look at these idiots, like shooting photography in the middle of the winter and then transitioning to becoming that person, freezing, not wearing appropriate clothing and being photographed in the middle of winter. It's been, it's been an evolution, but yeah, we've risen up to the challenge of, you know, having our photos taken in winter. And here we are (laughs) presenting ourselves on the internet unfiltered. Yeah. So here we are. And, you know, I think we, we both flared a little bit, just kind of based on, you know, just had a little bit of an escalation of symptoms based on being in the cold and doing that all day. So, you know, we're sort of here kind of coming out of that. I think, you know, yeah, I was, really tired. Like I'm really glad. Luckily I kind of woke back up out of it before the bachelor started on Monday night because I needed full energy to really (laughs) absorb everything that happened. But I, I like straight up at, at, I think we stopped at like two o'clock by three o'clock. I was like, I need a nap. And you were like, I'm in the bath. And I'm like, what did we do to ourselves? Why did we make this? I know. I know. (laughs) Ha ha bath. I was fantasizing about it the whole time that we were shooting. I got immediately naked the minute I walked into my apartment (laughs) and got into a bath. And then I was in bed the rest of the night. Like I'm pretty sure I ate dinner just in my bed. (laughs) But the good news is the next day was the premiere of season five of Riverdale. And I know that that was kind of, we were like, we just need to get through this day of flares and totally frozen fingers to get to Riverdale. And, and uh, then the next day we had the inauguration. It's been quite a week. Um, And yeah. And I even had a discovery um, that I'm still a little shameful about that I admitted to you on Monday that I was like, I have something to admit to you. Yes. I'm not proud Tell of it, us but... about the shame. This is what people are going to listen for. They want to know our deep, dark, shameful <laughs> secrets. The shame. Okay. I have to start the story with, you know, the fact that I'm not like fully supportive of ca- like counting calories in order to lose weight. And I know that's like so out of context, but it has to do with the story. And I lost a whole bunch of weight when I was back in college, like 90 pounds on Jenny Craig, which is a very like calorie counting, um, way of losing weight. Like, I I think I was only eating like 1200 calories a day back then. And I was working out so much, like every day it was like 45 minutes on the elliptical without fail, which I still don't know how the hell I did that now. Like I look back to that and I'm like, how did, like, how did I have the energy totally. to stay on an elliptical machine for 45 minutes? Yeah. And is it, is Jenny Craig low carb or it's just about like low calorie meals and they give you the meals, right? They give you the meals. And to be honest, it's very, very low fat. Okay. Like and everything is portioned out, but you still are eating like mac and cheese and muffins and right. crackers. Highly processed. Food, yes. Basically. Very, yeah. very like chocolate. I had chocolate cake like one night a week. And I mean, it was an ideal way to lose weight back then. I was like 20 and I just was like, I want to get healthy. And this is like, I didn't know how to do it. I was so busy. I was in class all the time. And it was just so nice. I got home and like popped my meal in the microwave. Right. But that was back when like, you know, as we have gotten older, you know, our, our body weight is going to fluctuate. And that's something I've kind of learned to try to adapt to. But I mean, I started off at like 
234 pounds. And then throughout the years, amidst calorie counting and chronic illness, got down to 140 wow. at one point, which is almost a full hundred pounds. And it wasn't a healthy weight by any means, but then now I'm back up to like 190 and I'm this like vivacious, curvy woman, yeah. which and I've you're learned tall to accept and, you and love. Wear it so, tall. so well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But the only problem I have realized lately is when I was trying on all my clothes for the photo shoot was that like, I haven't tried on these clothes in over like a year and a half. And I'm like, wow, why is everything like tight why can I only fit into like this one sports bra which you know in a past life I probably would have been like devastated like why am I gaining weight but I mean I'm not alone like I've heard the COVID jokes about yeah yeah I hated whoever came up with that I hate you (laughs) (laughs) I know it's so mean my god like do we need to be shamed for snacking during this like crazy I mean the world is like literally burning outside like can we not have like I don't know popcorn some like almond butter I don't know we have needed to embrace the snacks full-on almond butter apple comfort food vibes yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like I'm really not as upset about gaining the weight, but the fact that I can only fit into like one sports bra and that I don't have the time to do laundry four or five times a week. Like I just can't do that. Like, so I'm like, okay, I got to figure out a way to like realize why I've like put on a few extra pounds. So I I just can't, I can't think of any other way because I eat so healthy already than to like track what I'm eating just for a short period of time. And so I re-downloaded my fitness pal for the first time in a decade just to be like, what's going on in my diet? Let's just track it for a day. Oh my God. What did you find out? Tell us. (laughs) So, okay. After the first day I was like, wow, like I really eat a very well-balanced like diet with a good amount of calories. That's not like too much. So I was proud of myself in that regard, but I like let myself live. And the one thing that I did discover is I'm eating so much fat, like way more fat than protein and carbohydrates, which I think is just what makes me feel good and what I figured was like good for me energy like brain cognition yeah skin yeah and fat is so healthy I think especially in healing like we need fats um to feel good and to heal and and for so many reasons in our body but for me at this point in my healing I think maybe I was just eating a little too much. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like try to balance this out because the trick I think is the balanced meals really. And I was trained with like the 40, 30, 30 rule, which I don't know if you've like learned about. Sure. Yeah. Like the 40% carbohydrates, 30% fat, 30% protein. And so I've just kind of balanced it out a little bit, removed a little bit of the fat from my daily count of, you know, just didn't put a little bit of extra ghee on that one meal and kept it simple. And I woke up and I had the most incredible bowel movement. Oh my God. Good for you. Yeah. I was like, do I want to say this out loud? But like, yes, I'm proud of it. Okay. Because you, because you lowered the fat. That's like what happened. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I don't understand, but like everybody's body is so different. And for me in this moment, it was just telling me, girl, like back off of the fat just a bit. And I woke up and like the next day, my bra fit a little bit better. And I was like, yes, that is amazing. (laughs) It's, it's so interesting because like we often talk about how different people's bodies are and how personalized nutrition is on so many levels. And, you know, there's so many people that heal from being paleo or AIP or whole 30, um, or being plant-based, you know, on the other side of the spectrum. 
Um, you know, for me, I have some issues with my gallbladder, so I can't really consume a lot of fat. So I actually get really lethargic when I have a lot of fat. And I, I noticed that I was consuming a lot of like nuts and almond butter and oil because I was cooking everything in oil for a long time, like last year. And I would sort of feel sluggish afterwards. And I would get what I call, um, like a nut belly is what I call it sometimes when I just eat, like, <laughs> you know, I make all these like bars and, and bites and kind of like balls of like almond butter and all these delicious seeds and all this kind of stuff. But then I would find that like, I would get bloated and feel heavy. Um, so it might just be like, if you're balancing it, that you maybe have a little bit more fiber and that's kind of just like moving everything along. Um, because it's so easy to overeat that, you know, like it's yeah. really, I mean, I remember like a long time ago when I did Weight Watchers, like I couldn't, it, that's also a very low fat diet. It's also very like a lot in tracking. Um, and I remember like you couldn't have an avocado because it was like, that's it was crazy. like so high in points because the way that their point system worked at the time, I don't know how it works now, um, was really based in the amount of fat and whatever was calorically dense. Right. So um, avocado was like the worst thing you can have. And I'm like, it's avocado, no. right? Like, so it's just kind of interesting, I think to, and avocado, by the way, is also like a great source of fiber, which is not accounted for when you're like thinking about that. So I just think it's so interesting. How do you feel from like a mental and emotional perspective with tracking like now, like, do you feel like, okay, this is good. Like I'm getting information. How do you feel about it? I, I really enjoyed it. Like the first two days I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And just, just kind of helping myself stay aware of what I'm putting in my body because like we made a Capello's pizza the other night. Have you ever had the Capello's crust? Yeah. Almond, it's almond flour, right? Yeah. A really good, really good paleo pizza crust. Highly recommend. But I ate half of it. And once I tracked it into my little phone, I was like, oh my God, this has so much fat in it. it like it has coconut milk, coconut oil, and olive oil, which are all so good for you. But I was like, okay, really though, truly only eat half of this pizza. And I talked to my parents the next day and they were like, oh, when we eat those, we have like one each, like one whole pizza. I was like, guys, no, like, that's crazy. Wait, like, one eat pizza how do you feel afterwards? or one piece? Oh yes. my goodness. No. Yeah. Like they buy two crusts and I was like, I love you guys, but whoa. Right. And, well, because like they're then, so calorically dense, but they're like also not that big. So like, then that makes you feel bad because you're like, oh, I can only have like a tiny bit of this. Yeah. And, and I think at first it helped me stay aware, but throughout the week, I've definitely noticed like weird tendencies, whether or not I think they're like healthy, I can't be sure of yet, but I'm already like tracking how much I'm like walking around the city or working out. Like I've really pushed myself to work out the past couple of days. And that's something that I was so used to in the past that today I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm very sore. Like I'm, I did an ab workout yesterday, which I haven't done in a straight like year. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. I sneezed and I was like, ow. <laughs> so only time will tell, but I can definitely, there's always pros and cons, I think to this kind of thing. And I wouldn't recommend it long-term yeah. for anyone ever, but I think it's kind of a nice little like check-in every once in a while to do a little bit of a, um, you know, tracking what you're eating just to stay aware and make sure you're, you're keeping things balanced. I, but in general, I can definitely tell it would be triggering for some people that have had 
you know, bad experiences with this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, a whole topic in and of itself is just like those like orthorexic, you know, eating disorder tendencies. Like I know that I suffer with that a lot and I, and I purposely stay away from some of the tracking. Although if I have a client or somebody that comes to me and they have an allergy, they think they have an allergy, right? Like that's the way to sort of figure it out is to track. Um, but I had recently just lost a ton of weight due to like medication that I'm on for my chronic illness. And what I noticed about it is that I started weighing myself every day and I had gotten to a balanced place where I was not weighing myself and I was just happy with where I was. And those tendencies of like the obsessive, I'm just like looking every day and I lost another pound and I'm like weighing myself, like that comes back up. And I had to like, have like an intervention with myself and be like, you need to stop getting on the scale every day. Like this is not like, you know, because those things like those eating disorders, those tendencies, they don't go away. Like those are things that we have as a part of us and, and we can overcome them a hundred percent, but it definitely is something that I think repeatedly comes up throughout your life or triggers you, like you said. Yeah. And it's taken me, God, you know, over a decade to get to the point where I don't have to weigh myself, where I can like feel comfortable in my skin. And it, it was interesting when I first moved up to the city, realizing that we didn't have a full mirror in our apartment because like everything's so small, our mirror is literally just like my face and you couldn't see the rest of my body. And it was this nice, like refreshing little chapter for me when we first moved here, because for the first like three weeks before we got a full length mirror, I had not looked at my body wow. like once. And it was just like, for the first time in my entire life, I realized like, I body check every day. And like, it was such a wake up call. And I was like, I feel free for the first time in my life. Like I never want a full length mirror ever again. But then once I got one, I was like, I kind of had gotten into routine of like not checking. And, and it's been really, a really nice, like release. Cause I think, I don't know, we all do yeah. that. We all, that's you know, so liberating just, though, to not have a full length mirror. I feel like that's like such a good thing for people to like, kind of take away. It's just like, yeah, like, you know, what can you do to sort of navigate those feelings that come up because they are going to come up and kind of how you can get yourself away from it. So like, whether it's putting the scale away, whether it's, you know, you do the app for a little bit, maybe you delete it off your phone. Like that was the big powerful moment for me is like, I had like five of them on my phone. At one time I was doing like Noom, my fitness pal. I don't even know, just like oh my God. anything. I had like keto apps, like crazy stuff. And I just deleted everything. It was like, screw this, I'm not doing it anymore. And just like intuitively began to sort of like work my way back into like just feeling what was going on in my body. Because we also yeah. lose track of like our fullness. We lose track of our hunger cues, like all these things that are just like, we need to be mindful about. And you kind of lose that when you're sort of like being obsessive. So I feel like, you know, these are tips that people can probably take that they, you know, who are suffering with it as well. Yeah. I God. I mean, every time we get on these topics, I feel like we could talk for hours and I hours, know. which is one of the the big reasons why I'm so excited about this, because this is going to be like a whole diet culture, like episode we'll dive in. But today, what I really want to focus on is getting to know you a little bit. I think our first two episodes are going to be about Amanda and Mel, our backstory, what we've been through, just to give you guys an idea of, you know, what we've dealt with. Yeah, who <laughs> we are, why we're here. Who we are in general. But today is Amanda time and it's my honor to start this interview by introducing you, this amazing, successful 
business owner starting your own grab a spoon wellness page and owner of olive and grace apothecary and i am just so excited that you asked me to do this podcast because it's so funny like when you texted me that you were like i have a crazy idea (laughs) and i was like how crazy could it be and i really like you were like let's start a podcast and i was like that's not that crazy you know i was like it's brilliant but it might just work and i but i also think like i also was testing the waters with you because i didn't know how you were going to respond so like that's definitely one of my like i was like okay so this is really crazy but i've been thinking about it not sure if you're into it but please be into it or i'll feel or i'll cry it was the easiest yes i've ever said in my life i was like Yes, a hundred percent. I'm all in. Let's do this thing. So that leads me into my first question because I, I know my side of this story, but I want to hear your side of how we met and how this whole thing got started. Okay. So I, I love this story and I haven't told it yet, which makes me just like so happy to finally like tell the story because from my perspective, it's just like definitely a little, a little wacky. And I would love to know your side of it too. So (laughs) So just like one night I'm casually on Instagram and I'm just like scrolling through and I stop and I see a video of this girl who was you um, talking about how she found out about her autoimmune and she had done like this blood work and you were talking about how you were moving to the city and you were talking about just like how you had kind of uncovered all of these health concerns and issues that you had. And I was like engaged with it. And it's interesting because I don't watch a lot of people's videos because my phone is always on silent because I have no patience for socialization, (laughs) even though I'm going to have a podcast and have an Instagram. Um, So I'm a little bit of an introvert in certain ways. So I like just was so engaged with it. And I wanted to know so badly, like who, you know, what you had actually like what what the testing was, right? Like what you had done. Like I wanted to know so badly, but because it's so strange to make friends as an adult and to kind of have these conversations and I never want to be just like almost like cold messaging people instead of asking you anything of importance, I wrote, welcome to New York. (laughs) You slid into my DMs. I slid into your DMs and said, welcome to New York which is just was so lame. And I was just like, no, it was perfect. It was, it was, you know, to quote Taylor Swift, it was a perfect introduction. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. So that was my like awkward. I was like, welcome to New York. And then you responded. You were so nice. And you were just like, Hey, Oh my God. Like I followed you and blah, blah, blah. And so we were like, start chatting. You didn't know that I lived in New York. So we connected over that. And then the craziest thing was that we were like, oh, like we should totally meet up even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. We like, let's be friends. (laughs) And you're like, oh, do you live near Eastchester? And I literally live in the town next to Eastchester. I'm like a minute away to where you were going to get to the doctor right the following week. Yeah. No, it was the next Oh, it was. (laughs) It was the next day I had made an appointment with a holistic chiropractor and the only person I could really find that was like within my price range was like 30 minutes North of me outside of the city. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's, do you live anywhere near Eastchester? Cause I'm going up there literally tomorrow to see this doctor. And you're like, I live two minutes away from that doctor. Right. Like I can and walk there. <laughs> 
it was just too it weird. It was so weird. And then we ended up, I think you moved your appointment and then we ended up meeting like two days later at um, Barnes and Noble near me, which is like one of my favorite places um, in the area <laughs> to meet. And like, I just feel like it was love at first sight. Like, I feel like yeah. we, we just like automatically hit it off. We told each other like our stories. We were like chatting. Like, I feel like, and to me, it was like, we started talking again. Then like, I just feel like we haven't stopped talking. No, no. Like it, I don't think I've ever texted anyone <laughs> every day besides like my boyfriend. Like you've been, we're in a, text. we're in like a relationship. I know we, <laughs> we actually text nonstop. I feel like it's just like two chatty people that just like, we're so excited. And yeah. And then, and then I asked you to do a photo shoot for me because you are an amazing photographer. And so we did that project together, which was like awesome. And yeah, we just started realizing so many things we had in common, so many shows, so many movies on Netflix, like to all the boys I love before. And just like these secret obsessions that we probably don't tell other people, which we will now be <laughs> releasing out into the world. Um, yeah. And it's just like been this ongoing convo. And I was like, I had wanted to do a podcast for a while. Um, it had come up a couple of times. I thought about maybe doing it with my husband, Rob, I had kind of thought about doing it by myself, but I just didn't feel like it would work without having another person. And just like the way that we interact and we just keep convos, like just going and just like all the information that we have, we're just into so many, I was like, oh my God. Like if I'm going to do a podcast, I have to do it with Mel. Like she has to be my like co-host. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I propositioned you and you said yes. And then here we are. <laughs> I I like have to, my favorite part about our, us meeting at Barnes and Noble was literally that like, you know, we have such different diets and so many like weird, like sensitivities that it is sometimes hard to like find yeah. a place to go out and like eat or like get a drink. You know, not everybody like drinks coffee or yeah. when they're going through healing. So, but for us, it's like, we didn't even have to have that conversation. It was like, let's just meet at Barnes and Noble and like drink water. sit outside on the patio and drink water. Like we didn't order anything. We didn't get food. Like we were there for two and a half hours drinking water. Just chatting. And <laughs> that was my favorite part. I was like, okay, yeah, we live the same life. Yeah, <laughs> we do. And, and we related to like, I mean, obviously we're, we're very close in age and we have experienced a lot of the same things, but like we're different in some ways too. Like Mel is, is paleo um, more paleo driven, um, with her healing and I'm more plant-based, um, well, fully plant-based, she's fully paleo. Um, <laughs> but you know, we still connect on certain things like gluten and, and dairy and just sort of dealing with battles with, um, like not having alcohol, reintroducing certain things. So I feel like we just connected like on so many levels and it just felt super kismet to me. Like again, like making friends as an adult is so awkward and weird, especially in the middle of a pandemic where like, it's not like you can go out with somebody and like, you know, meet them for a drink or have a meal. Like it's very bizarre, but I will say, and I haven't told you this yet. Oh God. But I met my husband on Tinder. So I'm a little bit of an internet. <laughs> this is how we, you meet people. <laughs> how I meet people is through the internet. So I just wanted to also let you know that because Perfect. yeah, so now I'm making friends and um, through the internet, it's all <laughs> happening. But yeah, I felt like we had to tell that story because it's just too weird. It was too meant to be. It is too weird. And, and like, it fits our vibe, you know, like just 
finding people that you connect with and just diving all in. Like, it's so nice to make friends that are in this industry because it's like, you have, you already have everything in common. Like, I think I brought up coffee and I was with you like the second time we talked, which you just don't bring up with people. And like, but here we are. And it's funny because um, I actually never like experienced online dating because Justin and I started dating in like 2012. Um, so that was like right before everything happened. So it's, it's exciting to know that this is how it goes when, you know, it's a successful pairing yeah. via the internet. No, totally. <laughs> and, and, you know, I talk about it a lot, but like the community of like chronic illness and like nutrition has been so healing for me. And I've met so many people who were just like awesome and they're like minded and there's just so many connections. And it's so cool because like you're connecting with people from all over, the country and, and the world, essentially. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And so like, it's very cool that we are like 25 minutes away from each other and we can do this virtually, but we can also go shoot in Brooklyn. And I, I think that that's like super cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I love it. But my next question for you yes. is where you live now. And I know you mentioned your husband, Rob, yeah. and I wanted to hear a little bit about him and tender and your time living in New York city. Sure. Okay. So let's dig in. So I live in Westchester County, which is about 30 minutes as Mel said, outside of the city. And I live here with my husband, Rob. We actually, oh man, we were supposed to get married in October at the end of October, this past October, but we are COVID married. So anyone that's going through (laughs) that can certainly relate. We ended up having to postpone our wedding And then Rob, um, due to the pandemic, lost his job in April. So I ended up, we ended up getting married in June. Um, We just felt like we wanted to move forward with that piece. And then we actually postponed our wedding to this following, uh, this coming October, sorry. And we will be talking about that quite a bit. Um, (laughs) And Rob and I met, well, we also live here with our cat, I should say, Stella, because she's like a very large part of our life. Uh, she is just of like course. this fluffy, huge beast. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> and so I actually, so I lived in Hoboken, which to a lot of people that live in this area in the city, like it is a little mini city. I moved to New York um, in, oh, geez, I don't know, 2000. 15, 2016. If my old roommate is listening to this, she'll end up reminding me what year it was. I don't remember. <laughs> um, we moved to a five story walk up on the Upper East Side. We were at 65th in York. It was an amazing neighborhood. And I think I met Rob two months later <laughs> via Tinder. Um, so much change. So much change. Like we, I moved, I, I met him and then he was in Astoria, uh, Queens at the time. So because that's so close to the Upper East Side, that's why he was like in my Tinder radius. I was like not actually trying to date anybody outside of the city because anybody in the city <laughs> knows that like the boroughs are just like so far away. It's like, it's like another planet. Oh God. <laughs> like, I'm like, are you going to fly to the city? I, I actually remember <laughs> the first time I ever went to Queens, uh, well, Astoria, like to go on a date with him. The subway goes out like goes above ground and goes outside and I remember texting him and being like what's happening like what I'm, I'm outside oh is this a normal like where am I like I'm in another part of New York like what's going on and he was like no that's fine it's like totally normal 
So yeah, so we, we dated, um, when I lived there and then I want to say about a a year and a half to two years later, we moved in together in, in Astoria. So I've lived in most of the boroughs. I think I worked in Brooklyn, didn't live there, but most of the boroughs I have lived in. Um, and then, yeah. And then we moved up here to Westchester just to sort of get out of the city. It had been at that point, I think eight years of urban living for me. And I just was, I needed some air. I couldn't, I couldn't do it, but Um, I was still working in the city, so I was commuting um, in there. And now my company that I work for now is in Jersey. So I don't get into the city as much, but I know that uh, because of this lovely opportunity and you, I will be spending a lot more time in the city. I'm just getting to know it, but I'm, I'm most excited about when things start opening back up again. And I'm able to just like hop on the subway and go to a Broadway show on a weeknight if I want to. Right. Like, the perks of living here have not yet to be seen for me. Right. Um, besides just like being across the street from the river, like, which is beautiful to be able to like, right. walk around in, but that's really like the only big perk so far and being close to my brother, which was one of the reasons we wanted to move up yeah. here. But, but it's interesting because you're, yes, like, and you're experiencing that different side of it and you'll see like the transition, hopefully if we get back to some semblance of normalcy, which I, I hope that we do, but like even picking you up on, on Monday, I was like, this is so quiet and, and weird. I mean, it took us 30 minutes to get to Brooklyn from on the upper uh, West side of Harlem. So going to Brooklyn is usually an hour with traffic like let's be serious and it yeah. was a half hour I was just like holy crap it was insane some like very 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 small perks of an otherwise awful situation yeah is like getting used to the city when it's not super 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 crowded like I I took a freaking selfie of me in Times Square the first week that I lived here because you know that's what you're supposed to do when you move to New York totally <laughs> But like there weren't that many people around and I had my camera up on like a trash can and like took pictures of myself. And, you know, when it's prime time, Times Square, you can't walk without like running. Oh my God. No. I was like, I was alone taking a no. selfie. It was You're literally going to get hit from like, like eight Elmo's, like three Grover's, <laughs> like somebody dressed up in underwear, like a, the naked cow. Like it is, I actually like, oh my God, when I lived in the city, I hated Times Square. Oh my God. But that's, yeah. Like that's not like someone would take your phone. Like you would not be able to like, just put your phone or camera like on something like, no, no. (laughs) Well, I know one of the questions I wanted to ask was like how you got into nutrition and wellness. And I know you said you were, I think like just like really into fitness when you lived in the city. So did that kind of start? When did that start? Did that start when you lived here just because you had to walk up five flights of stairs every day? Oh my God. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually. It's, it's actually really, it's actually a, a lot longer of a, of a story than that. Or I was, I should say it goes back a lot further. Um, I actually, um, I, when I was 19, um, I, so I had, I, let me even, t- let me take it back even further. <laughs> take it let me take it, birth. let me take it back to birth. Yeah. It was rough. Um, I had like, <laughs> I had stomach aches and stomach issues like my entire childhood. Like I remember like calling my mom constantly to come pick me up at school, at camp, like just because I always had stomach issues. And I used to remember thinking that it was a special talent I had that I could think myself into a stomach ache. So like if I wanted to get out of something like a test, but like really I was just nervous and anxious and then would get a stomach ache. But I, in my child mind was like, I have a talent, a stomach ache talent. Um, but it was like completely normal for me to like have stomach aches all the time. So when I was 
when I was 14, I found out that I was lactose intolerant um, when I was like a freshman in, in high school. And then when I was 19, I was hospitalized um, for a really bad stomach ache. I had such a sharp pain in my stomach. I could not like get off the bathroom floor. I was just like so ill. I ended up going to the hospital and like thus sort of began like me trying to figure out what was going on inside my body. Um, and so at or like that young age, I ended up going for colonoscopy and endoscopy, um, which is the cameras that go up your bottom, down the top. And yeah. the big joke was that under anesthesia, I told the gastroenterologist that I asked him if I looked like a rotisserie chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it also was the year that one of the years I should say, um, and I'm going to age myself now that, um, the, um, the giants were in the super bowl and, um, Eli Manning was like a really big deal. And so I was also going, do you think Eli Manning would date me? Like literally just like (laughs) naked on this like medical table. Um, thank God social media wasn't around. Oh my God. Thank God. Like it was (laughs) insane. Um, and so what happened was that I, I ended up going back to the doctor, I found out that I had a hiatal hernia, um, again, like young age, but my dad had one. So I don't know if it was something that was like genetic. And then I had IBS, which now knowing all the stuff that I know was probably other things, but like back then, you know, it's just like, that's what they diagnose. People have stomach aches all the time. Like spastic colon was what it, what it technically was. Um, and I was put on muscle relaxers, um, PPIs, um, which, you know, block acid. So, you know, like prescription acid blockers. And I remember like sitting in the office with the doctor and being like, is there anything that I could do from a food perspective? Like, is there anything I can avoid? Is there anything I could do to help this instead of being on medication? And he was like, just take the medication. Like you're fine. Like eat whatever you want. And so like, I kind of was like, well, I'm too young to be on all this. And I remember one of them, like I was working, um, as a makeup artist at the time at, at Nordstrom. And I, I was, had to get like picked up from work or something. Cause I was so dizzy because I was on muscle relaxers that you're not supposed to like oh. operate, but I didn't know because no one told me any of this. Right. So like everything was like yeah. spinning. Um, so I went off of all of them and I just did my own research and changed my diet, like got off the medication and like totally changed. And I had gone to a holistic nutritionist at the time who went to integrative nutrition. Um, and she helped me a lot. Like I went through, um, like I had lost a lot of weight. Like I had been like really, I mean, I was 19, but I was drinking a lot. I (laughs) was, uh, smoking. (laughs) I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't be doing. Um, and I was making, it was making me really sick. And so like, I really changed my lifestyle and it was really hard to be like that young and not drink and give up gluten and give up dairy. Um, when like nobody else was doing it and there weren't a lot of options, you know, like yeah, back, back then, then. Yeah. like, yeah, like we're talking like in the time of like the only, like anything that was gluten-free was like tasted terrible. Like it was not, it was not like, yeah like Siete did not exist yeah like so many great amazing brands now that make our life so much easier right just were not they were thing. not a thing and it was hard like it was like upsetting like I remember just like it was it was really like strugglesome um and so I just like was really into it after that like I had started exercising again um I had been an athlete growing up but I had stopped um you know for most of high school and college and so like I started like exercising And then I just like got into it. And then 
a few years later, I want to say maybe like three or four years later, I went to integrative nutrition and got um, a certification myself in, in nutrition, um, holistic health coaching. And that really was like the start of it for me. Like I, I kind of, I've been, I've worked in the food industry since I was 21 years old in, um, in marketing. So I've always worked for natural food companies. I've always worked in like product development of, of food brands and beverage brands. So like, it always felt like a natural fit for me to be kind of bridging this gap of like knowing about nutrition and knowing about health, but like also being on the other side of it where I'm like marketing these products to people. And like, I worked for uh, my first job out of college in the food industry was a, a company called Popcorn Indiana. They make a kettle corn. It's in a red bag. So like if you ever, if you know, like who they are, I, that's how I used to tell people, even when I worked there, I'd be like the red bag and they'd be like, Oh, the kettle corn. <laughs> um, it was like, when I went gluten-free, it was like my favorite snack. Like I lived on that popcorn. Like I swear, like there was probably like weeks where like, that was just like what I would eat like as a meal. And <laughs> so like to work there and be a part of like a company that was gluten-free at that time was so like, it was just so cool for me to like be a part of that. And I, and so like, that's sort of how I got into like where I am now. I mean, it's just like, and now I have like a bunch of other certifications because I've sort of yeah made a lifelong learning, I think of, of natural medicine. I've never met anyone who dips their toes into so many things at the same time and succeeds at all of them. Like, like, and especially dealing with so many chronic symptoms, being able to like be in grad school right now, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and having a full-time job yeah. and your own businesses and wanting to do a podcast and, and having a book club, like it's, but like you kick ass at all of them. Yeah. And I, I just like, so certification wise, yeah. what all have you gotten? And it's only been like in the past two years that you've gotten like a lot like, of the them. majority of all. Yeah. I would say like, yeah. So I, I kind of like slept on my IIN one for a while. Um, and I know a lot of people go to that school now and I, and I have to say, because I, I, I don't remember much of the course cause it was back in 2012 or 2013 that I finished it. And I did maybe like a one or two year course there. And now their program, I think is like six months. It's a year. Like it's a lot, it's a lot different than it was, but at the time that was the only thing to do as someone who was a business major. Like I didn't have a science background. Like I, I didn't know what to do except to get that certification. There just wasn't a lot. Now there's so many programs. So, yeah, I think when I was first trying to decide between, uh, my holistic nutrition certification, it was either between IIN and the NTA. Yeah. And I ended up doing NTA only because I got to learn like the physical testing aspect yeah. of it, like hands-on, which I was like, this would be good. Maybe now I don't use it at all, <laughs> but I, I know IIN is, is really great. And a lot of people yeah. go to learn. That. Yeah, it is. And it's, and it's like such a basic like knowledge point. And I feel like that's like what was so great about it. But then like, as I got like older, like I wanted to like dive deeper into things. So, so we'll go through some of the stuff. So I did, <laughs> and I just have to say that I love to learn and I'm passionate about this. And I, it does seem like a lot, like I just like have this like learning ADHD where I just like want to do all these different things. Um, I just love it so much. So it's just become such a part of me. And so about, I would say about three or four years ago, I, I dove into Ayurveda. I really loved Ayurveda. I did an Ayurveda program for a year, um, with, um, a program called joyful belly. So that was really cool. So I learned a lot about Ayurveda, um, which was something I had learned 
at IAM, but I had like wanted to dive deeper into it. So I had done that. And then, um, actually it was probably like, I'm trying to think, oh, then I did herbalism. Maybe that was even before I did like some courses in herbalism, um, which kind of sparked my company. Right. So like I launched Olive and Grace Apothecary, which is based on herbal remedies. So I had taken a few classes in, in herbalism and just like really learned all about herbs and making herbal products. And then I did biochemical kinesiology, which is muscle testing. So applied kinesiology, but I wanted to really focus on the nutritional aspect of it dive really deep into the chemical piece, like your vitamins and minerals, what things you're missing. And that's to your point, like the physical testing, like touching people's bodies. Um, and I started that actually in the beginning, the very beginning of the pandemic was sort of when I was sort of finishing up my like program or like starting where I don't remember exactly, but like, I couldn't touch anybody. So I have, I yeah. like, so I do it, I, I can do it virtually, but I don't like to do it virtually as much, but I like had gotten like a massage table and I was like ready to do this. And I like have probably touched like maybe like five people that I'm like close to. Um, <laughs> You'll be able to touch so many more I, people. I just want to so touch soon. everyone just like physically. Um, <laughs> looking forward to touching all of you in the future. Uh, <laughs> and another piece of that is really like acupressure. So like I really dove deep into learning acupressure. Um, and I also, all the while I knew I was going to grad school, like I was already enrolled. I already knew I was going to graduate school. Um, and then I did iridology, which is a naturopathic modality for reading the iris and being able to do iris analysis. And all of these things have really just become like tools in like my toolbox of like helping people. Um, and then graduate school, which I'm in now, it's just like, I know it's a lot. I am probably forgetting something. Um, but graduate school that I'm in now is clinical nutrition. And so because two years ago I started to have all my chronic symptoms, well, I've been in chronic pain for six years, but I started getting really sick two years ago because of that. I really wanted to focus, um, a lot of my intention and efforts into medical um, into medical nutrition and really understanding what's happening, um, from a clinical perspective. So, so that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at, not just to be able to get the credentials of clinical nutritionists, which I think is really important with graduate school, but, um, it's also just like to be able to talk from a medical and diagnostic perspective that you, you can't necessarily do with certain certifications. Like they're kind of more of the top level and this stuff like really gets deep into like the inside of your stomach, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. When you first told me that that was the reason why you wanted to get your clinical nutrition degree, I was like, oh my God, yes, let's get this person into a hospital, <laughs> like as soon as possible. Because God, I mean, I went through that too, where I was trying to get like information from doctors and hospitals yeah. and getting tests done. And, and, you know, the first recommendation any doctor ever gave me was, oh, you're tired. Like, let's try antidepressants. Right. And I was like, wait, what? Like, no, I'm not depressed. Like I'm just exhausted. Right. Right. <laughs> and so there was just not anybody there. And I've even worked with clinical dietitians, like in hospitals that like still they don't fully, and it's not, it's not like a medical professional's uh, fault. You know, sure. I feel like th there's not a whole lot of education in the body as a whole, when it comes to like medicine um and especially understanding like what food does to the body and how it relates and how like you know 
the digestive system, if you're not digesting, like it's a North to South process and, and your blood sugar is going to be out yeah. of whack. And then maybe you don't have enough nutrients to be able to deto- detoxify right. properly. And it's all related. And having somebody that understands that in a clinical setting is so valuable. And I just really hope that that's something that, you know, becomes norm in the future. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you'll get in there and, and start changing lives and more people will be like, I want to be Amanda. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's the hope, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this kind of this whole topic of like holistic, you know, somebody actually messaged, um, me yesterday on my Instagram because I had posted a video of me doing Humera and they said, um, you know, holistic healing, like, nope, like, um, unfollow, like, because I'm taking medication and I thought, wow, you know, holistic is, is really actually about looking, viewing a person as a whole. It's really not just being diagnostic and saying, okay, you need medication for X, Y, and Z, but it's really looking at people from like their mind, their body, their emotion, what's happening in their life. If you, if you break your leg, you're not going to like rub some herbs on it and hope that it heals. You're going to go to a hospital. So like, I really want to bridge the gap between traditional medicine and clinical medicine and alternate, like alternative medicine. And that's why I've learned so much about both worlds. Cause I think that they actually really need to work together because yeah. if you need medicine, like I think you should take medicine. Like, I don't think that that makes you any less holistic. Like, I just think that there's certain conditions that you need medicine for. And I think that you also can do acupressure and you also can take herbs and, and be functional and all different kinds of stuff. And so what I think is, is really missing from the medical profession, you know, just this whole system, that's like really a sick system. A lot of people are chronically ill, a lot of people suffering is, um, bridging that gap and having like integrative clinical nutrition. Um, and so that's really like my like purpose for why I'm in school, because I want to be able to talk to doctors. Like, I don't want to go in there and have them think I'm trying to sell snake oil, you know, like I want them to know, like, I know why people need to take heart disease medicate. Like I understand all of that, but I also want to understand that when someone is taking a heart disease medication, that it's draining X, Y, Z nutrients and they need this support. And I think that's like, what's really going to help people heal. And I think that that's like a major like blind spot for like a lot of people in this, in the system. Yeah. God, how many people could like recover if everyone worked together? Like I remember going into a doctor, like my gynecologist years ago when I first was like, I think I have like hormonal imbalance. And she's like, why do you think that? And I tried to like explain and do testing. And I'm like, well, I'm working with my like naturopath to do this one thing. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, it's like, can I not just get all of you guys on the same right. page? The team, and, you need to get the team together. together. <laughs> yeah. The team of doctors and <laughs> assemble. Yeah. Like, no, it's so true. Like the A team. And I, and I think that that's like huge. And like, I know like my, my doctor, my rheumatologist is like a functional doctor. And so he, he's functional, but he also prescribes medicine because he is an internist at the end of the day. And I love working with him for that reason that we kind of like can talk medical. And then like, also if I'm like, Oh, like I want to talk like this, um, genetic piece, or I want to talk to him about muscle testing. Like he doesn't brush it off. Like, he's like, okay, what did you learn from your muscle testing? Maybe I don't hundred percent agree, but like, let's talk about it you know, and and I appreciate that. But then I also want to be like to him, like, I mean, Hey, I have 
severe inflammatory arthritis and like occasionally I need to take a, a painkiller, like, oh, can you prescribe that? You know what I mean? Like we have to be able to also lean on things that when we need them, because the world is hard enough without having to like force yourself to suffer through too. And like, I know that that's kind of one of the reasons why you started your Instagram too. Cause yeah. like you're so busy learning all of this stuff that I think I wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, creating your, your community and, yeah. and how that's helped you grow and like, you know, realize the things you want to do and be a part of the community you want to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, Oh my goodness. I mean, I started, I started grab a spoon. It was grab a spoonie at the time. Cause I couldn't even get grab a spoon. This was like a year ago. And I wanted it to be separate from my personal Instagram because I, I really wanted, I was really depressed. Like I was really at a low point. I had just been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which ended up not being my official diagnosis, but that's what they always say to people kind of out the gate. Like you have fibromyalgia, here's the Cymbalta. It's like exactly my experience. Um, and I was so depressed about having this chronic illness for the rest of my life. And I had already been in pain for like seven years. And I just felt that I didn't really have an outlet. Like I definitely did not have a community of people that I felt like I could talk to about it. And I wanted to talk to people who were my age, who were going through the same thing. So I secretly set up Grab a Spoonie. I did not tell anyone that I knew that I was doing it because I also would have this awkward like feeling of just like, I'm sharing this information on my personal page. Like I didn't want people to know that I was sick, like at work. I didn't want like friends and family to feel bad for me. Like it was just like this weird, I never felt comfortable really being myself. So I created this place where I could talk to other people and just like open myself up to kind of like having these conversations like, hey, my eye is switching. Like, have you experienced that? Like, just like things that like you can connect on. Like I, my finger hurts, like what's up with that? And have someone, and having that validation of people being like, oh my God, me too, is was just so powerful for me. And so then I began to like share some of the information I knew, like that was never my intention. I literally was just like, oh, but I also really like to cook. So I'll share recipes. And I also know this about nutrition. And then I realized that I was helping people. And like, I was like, oh my God, like I could do so much good for this community with the stuff that I know, with the information I'm learning. And, and then like more and more people started to get involved and I've made so many friends and I've just sort of cultivated this community and this tribe that like, oh my God, like I just can't even like like my heart is so full because it's just like, I finally felt like I found where I belonged and like the people that understood me and like so many of my friendships that I've made through, through this, like, because you all, you included, obviously, you know, <laughs> like the most authentic version of me that I get to, to be and share like that really raw, true, like self. Like, I feel like they're just like these really deep connections that I've made with people um, that I felt like I was losing in my, in my personal life that I just couldn't like hold on to. Cause I didn't know, like, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just that I didn't know where I fit anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And especially like years and years and years ago when not a whole lot of people were going gluten-free, that was kind of back at the time where everybody was like, Oh, that's just, that's fake. You know, like totally. sensitivity. No one really understood the difference between sensitivity and intolerance oh, and yeah. like, like allergic reaction and, and so I think 
I've, I've been through that as well, where you feel totally alone. And at the end of the day, like even your, your partner who you live with or your best friends in your family, like want to sympathize, but they don't understand. Right. And, and you go out and you try to be normal, but you don't feel well on the inside and you don't know why. And right. so, you know, we've both been through that. And I feel like that's why it was so easy to just be like, oh, you deal with this. I deal with this. Let's go get water. Yeah. <laughs> let's go get water. <laughs> and yeah. I think that that's why we're both so excited about starting sick in the city because yeah. we want a place for people to feel normal and like laugh about Riverdale and yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like come together and talk about what we're dealing with and the highs and lows of it all. And I'm just excited to get started and, yeah. and share everything we've both learned and, and, you know, hopefully do a little bit of good out in the world and help teach people all the weird stuff that we've you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's so true. And I think, I think you do a really good job of this, of really showing people how to live a normal life in their late twenties, early thirties, and like be able to like function with chronic illness to the point of like, it's still like, just because you have chronic illness does not mean that you like are better at it. it doesn't mean that you aren't out in the world. Like, of course we all have times when we are, and some people are, and we obviously support those people hundred percent, but I, we, some of us still have jobs. Some of us are moms and, and parents or dads. And, you know, we, we live a life where we're in relationships. So like, I think you and I, like, we, we want to talk about sex. We want to talk about <laughs> like the hot gossip. We want to talk about bachelor. We want to talk about stuff that like, because our lives are not a hundred percent only chronic illness. And I think that is like huge because yeah. you can also yeah. get stuck in that point where that's all you're thinking about. It's all you're doing is researching. Like I I've lived that and a lot of people do, but like we need to have fun because we deserve it. And we're normal people. We're humans. Like we're normal people. Like we, we need to be you know, living whatever life we want to live, whether or not we're sick for the rest of our, our lives or not. I like, I think for so long, I tried to not let my sickness be my identity. I think that that's something that I, I guess I was like worried about, but at the same time, I'm like, as you transition into this career, it's like, it almost becomes what you talk about all the time. But like, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I also want to be known as like the crazy Taylor Swift fan and like, the girl that can't stop eating almond butter and like just, you know, silly stuff that, that is also a big yes. part of our lives. So I'm excited to share all the weird Me stuff, too. but <laughs> it's going to be great. I think I'm really excited for us to like embark on this journey together. And like, we've gotten so close so quickly. And I just like, I love talking to you and, and I love that we talk about other things. Like we do all the time. We like literally barely ever talk about our chronic illness. Like we talk about shows and just crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be great. And I can't wait to interview you next episode. Oh my God. Next up. So thank you guys all so much for being here. We have one more fun segment that uh, it's just, you know, a little more lighthearted in case you guys are having a low day to spice things up. We're calling it hot goss, <laughs> which reminds me of like, like Ryan Gosling for some reason. I don't know why. I know. Well, this is something that like, it's funny, a friend of mine that is really into Ryan Gosling, we started using and like, then it just became a thing. I and I'm, it. I'm like the hot, hot goss. goss. And I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> What's on our hot goss for today? Well, we both know we've spent like 
all of quarantine watching Riverdale. And, and this was something I never wanted to get into. I fought it for so long. Like when did the show come out? 2017? Oh my God. I don't know because I also watched it during quarantine three times. Yes. But I, yes, (laughs) but I was not an early adopter when it came to Riverdale. Everybody watched it and I tried to watch the first episode and it was just so outrageous. I was like, Oh, like I can't, I can't do this. It's so over the top. So I just wrote it off. I'm like, I'm never going to watch it. But then I ran out of things to watch last year, like when I was home 24 seven. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. I think my sister was trying to get me on it because she's like, Mel, like you will like it. Just watch it. And I think I spent the entire first season hating it. Like oh my the whole, God. Whole time. I was you like, did? I was like, why am I still watching this? But then there's moments where you're like, oh, but like Archie is really hot. And then you're like, oh, but I love like Betty and Jughead. Yes. And, and you get, you get on the train. And then by like season three, when all the crazy like gargoyle King and like, you know, the farm yeah. cults, yeah. Uh, what was it? They were like harvesting organs. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh my spoiler God. Yeah, alert, spoiler alert. Like, that has been out forever, but like you get to that point where you're like, what is this show doing? And I can't yeah. stop watching. It's addicting. And here we are season five. Well, I think, <laughs> I think it's important to know that you and I, as adults in our late twenties and early thirties, okay. We're just like in our low thirties, but you not almost, almost, almost two months, two months to 30. <laughs> Um, we have a very strange affinity for high school dramas. I think we really we do. do. It's very strange. Um, and I, it's very, I'm sure a lot of other people are like that, but it's been rare for me to find someone who enjoys that as much as I do. Um, because it's kind of been like my secret, you know, like shameful, guilty, like pleasure. And I was afraid to watch Riverdale because I do not like things that are scary. I thought that that's what it was about because it is like, it's about a murder and it's like all about murderous stuff. But I actually have to say that it changed my life because now, (laughs) (laughs) because now I actually love thrillers. Like I read thriller books all the time now and I never did before. And I didn't realize like how distracting and how like cool, like a whodunit could be. Like I always thought it was like gore. Um, I know. So, and I got, I also get really invested in relationships and I was so invested in Bughead, which is Mm -hmm. Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt, um, their characters. So yeah, like I just, I take it very personal. Like their relationship is my, my relationship, even though he is, as we've talked about the, the guy from, he's the son from Big Daddy and he's (laughs) Ross's son from Friends throwback. Um, and so it's weird seeing him now as in any sexual way. <laughs> but like at the same time, I've fallen in love with Cole Sprouse. Oh my God, yes. Like, I mean, he was a baby child when I watched him in Sweet Life, but now I'm like, oh, he's hot. Like I'm into that. But then we have a conversation because both of us watched Riverdale yeah. where we're also into the 45 year old actor that plays Jack in Virgin River. Yeah. And and it's like the spectrum of like 25 year olds or 45 year olds and like no in the middle. <laughs> it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Like I was telling you that I rewatched Gossip Girl and like, obviously the first couple of times I watched it years ago, I was like, oh my God, I love Chuck Bass. And then like this last time that I rewatched it, I was like, Rufus is looking pretty good. And I was like, oh my God, I'm suddenly liking the dads and shows that I used to watch. Oh. I'm getting old. <laughs> 
no, this just hit me like recently. Um, and I think the first moment where I realized like I was starting to get into older, older dudes was when we watched Cobra Kai and the guy that plays Johnny Lawrence, um, who, who was in the original Karate Kid movies, he's like 50. He is? Now. And oh my God. Yes. There's like, they make him really hot in Cobra Kai and he's like wearing these cute little tees. And I'm like, why am I so turned on by Johnny Lawrence? Like he's in his fifties oh and like he's still doing karate and he looks great and and then I watch Virgin River and I'm like okay yeah I just have to accept this reality yeah it's and the time here we it's are it's a transitional time <laughs> I feel like I should watch Cobra Kai because I my background is martial arts from like doing that from when I was literally six years old that's probably why I haven't watched no. it because I just don't know you would love it you would love it there's like love triangles <gasps> high school love triangles okay. in Cobra Kai I'm gonna Kai. give it a I'm gonna give it a shot and it's the most bingeable show I've like ever really? watched. Really? Oh my God. That's okay. I yeah. take that seriously from you. And, and with that, you have to tell us about the new show you're watching on Netflix, <gasps> Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Okay. So yes, I am watching the society. Have you heard about no. the society? I think it came out in 2019 and no one ever talked about it because it got canceled after one season. You can't keep doing this and to me. You can't keep I know, watch shows I know. like it canceled after one season. <laughs> That's why I started it off with that quote, because I was like, I'm sorry, ahead of time. I don't know why I do this to myself, yeah. but I just get, oh, I don't know why they cancel good shows. So recently I watched Teenage Bounty Hunters, which, which is I got awesome. you into. Yes. So good. Such a good show. And I did not want to watch that show. The trailer made it look so bad. I was like, no, like it looks dumb. And for whatever reason, my boyfriend was like, no, it's going to be funny. Like, let's watch it. And we watched it. And the first scene, <laughs> I just have to give away the first scene because like Sterling, oh, the yeah, character, yeah. like in a car with her boyfriend and they're, so they live in Atlanta, Georgia, and they go to like a private Christian school. And the first scene is this girl and her boyfriend in the car, like about to have sex for the first time and he, the boyfriend's like I don't know if we should and she starts like mouthing off scripture to him <laughs> about like about love and how like God will accept you if you're in love and stuff and I was like oh my god like what are we watching but the rest of the show just it's so funny it like makes fun of southern like stereotypes which I'm from Texas so like I get a lot of it and like the Christian so aspect of the whole thing. It's really yeah. funny. But for whatever reason, it got canceled after one right. season. I'm devastated. Yeah. So if there's anything any of you can do is just watch it. Just give it a watch on Netflix. <laughs> Hopefully it'll come back around. But here I am doing this to myself again with the society. And I had heard it was really good. And it's about like this town where suddenly this like high school, high school kids are like the only people left in the town. They like wake up and all the parents are gone and like everyone else and they're in this like empty town oh. and it's like almost like I'm getting rapture vibes like I'm not quite sure like there's I don't know what's happening but they just killed off one of the main characters in episode three wow and I was unprepared for it and I pulled in Amanda and accidentally like spoiled something for myself which is something I've learned you do I do I spoil um, all shows I will not spoil them for you or her, anybody else because my husband literally hates spoilers um <laughs> yes but he doesn't understand why I do it to myself and we can dive deeper into my control issues on another episode <laughs> save that, we'll for, save another that day. for another day but yeah I okay so you spoiled you spoiled it or you tried to spoil no unintentionally okay. spoiled I hate when I do that because <laughs> one of these 
one of these people that are in the show, I'm not going to give away who it is, looks so old. And I'm like, how would anyone think that this person uh-huh. is in high school? So I tried to look them up on IMDb and they weren't in the top of like that, the actors that are oh. featured in the show. And I was like, why aren't they there? And so I scrolled way down and found it. Oh. And it said like only in three episodes. Oh. And I was like, oh crap. Like that means that must mean they die. Yeah. And so I kind of like knew it was coming, but was still unprepared oh, for it. No. And I'm like, oh my God, like they've already done this. Like what is going to happen in this show? Oh my like, God. It's intense. That, I can't give like a good rec yet because okay. I'm only three episodes in. But I don't know if my heart can take another show that doesn't, that only has one season. Like I don't really understand. I mean, you kind of brought up the point to me before about the teenage bounty hunters that like, maybe it's just like, covid related that some of these shows are getting canceled because like i i went into a deep dive on that show after i watched it because it was so good and like the dynamics of the the characters on the show were just like so strong and like the relationships like it was just it was a lot more complex and like it was really good i dove deep and it has a cult following like there's a lot of people who love it but like i think the chances of us getting it brought back are very low I mean, we can still petition. So like, yes, everyone, please watch it. But I don't know if it's going to help it at all because if it's, if it closed down due to like the pandemic, like, I, I don't know, but yeah, like I have no Netflix idea. is really, bring it back. Yeah. They're holding no punches <laughs> on, on shows. But one teen drama show that is thriving, that is in the midst of filming season yes. two, you have not yet watched, but I filled you in on the drama and that is about high school musical, the musical, the series, which Originally, and I hate myself when I say it out loud, right? Like, why did they name it that? How dare they? It's like one of my favorite things I think that's happened in so long. And it's not what you think it is, people. It's not High School Musical. It's basically about these kids in high school putting on a version of High School Musical, the musical at their school. And like the drama that goes on with filming or like putting a show together. So it's kind of a mixture of Glee and The Office. And they do like these really cute little side interviews with them where they're like looking right at the camera and talking about like their breakup or whatever. And it's, it's I haven't watched it yet, it's so but I'm, in, I'm into it. It's definitely on my list. How do you watch that one? Is that on Hulu or Netflix? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney okay. Plus. But the real drama is what's going on with Olivia Rodrigo, Joshua Bassett, and Sabrina Carpenter, yes. who Olivia and Josh are the two main characters from the show. And I was like skeptical to fill you in on all this drama. Cause I was, I had, a, I didn't want you to like roll your eyes and be like, Mel, why do you care about this? But, but I did it. I sent you, <laughs> I sent you one audio message and I was like, do you know about this? Like as soon as driver's license came out two weeks ago, I was like, do you know? And you're like, no, but tell me everything. <laughs> I was like, okay, perfect. So I'm pretty sure the whole world knows about this drama now, but long story short, Olivia and Josh were dating during the first season it's not confirmed but like if you go back and watch all the youtube videos of like interviews they're in love it's obvious i've spent hours doing this kind of research i'm sorry (laughs) no this is this is actually a huge deal in the world right now and i was so glad that you filled me in on it because like i mean i'm seeing tiktoks about it like this song is like a huge thing so yeah people need to to know i'm so proud of her like i she wrote one of the songs in the first season of the show, which is in the show. And it's so good. And from that point on, I've like watched all her social media of her, like writing her songs. And she talks about what a huge Taylor Swift fan she is and how inspired she is by her. So I low key think she's like the next Taylor Swift, like 
for younger generations because she writes about all that like juicy like breakup stuff we want to know about and then you spend like hours doing research about who it's about right. and You're like is this John Mayer <laughs> yeah yeah right Taylor Lautner like when Taylor was yeah. like, dating yeah uh, such good times but they were dating and it was very obvious and then out of nowhere last year um Josh starts being seen like out with Sabrina Carpenter, who is another Disney star who is very, very, very famous now. Her parents are like millionaires. And so I think that's why she, I, she's gorgeous. What is her like show? her music is so good. Um, she was on Boy, or oh, The Girl Meets World. Right, 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 right. Okay. Which our generation then, watched the original Boy Meets World. And then the, the yes. second generation, oh my God, my heart. Second generation no. of that show. <laughs> I know this is where we're at, but she's really great. She's been in a couple, she was in a Netflix movie. I think that came out last year. That was like a dance movie that was really good. And she's been in a couple of things, but um, she's beautiful and gorgeous. And like Josh all of a sudden like was out with her and everybody's like, they're together. And then they finally confirmed it on Halloween. And then like they posted a TikTok of them in a shark boy and lava girl outfit. And everybody's like, they're together. And then like a few weeks later, Olivia drops this song where, where there's like references about like the blonde girl that like has all the things that she's insecure about and like we've all been there uh, and we've it's, all so, been there. it's so good <laughs> it's so good and then a week later Josh releases a song called lie 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 that's pretty much like referencing a lot of the stuff that like was in her music video and there's one scene that is too coincidental that it can't be on purpose where they both like fall out of like a car they're like flying like do you know that scene in driver's license where she's like yeah out of the back of yeah. the car there's a freaking part of josh's music video where he's hanging out of the window of a car oh and like what are we doing people and then a week later sabrina carpenter who is now with josh releases this song called skin that's how are they like, first of directly all related. first of all how are these kids kid how are these kiddos <laughs> how are they releasing songs so quickly is what I want to know like they're just like this is I it used know. to not be like that okay <laughs> I don't think no no is, is that like yeah part of me thinks it's all planned well like, maybe for publicity part of me is like yeah like because Josh and Olivia really this is Olivia's first debut single like part of me is like maybe behind the scenes they're like let's make this like a big yeah. thing you know like let's not let people let's let people think that we're all like mad at each other and we're not actually friends just for publicity sometimes I wonder I but I am just the, for fun <laughs> yeah I I want to believe in the romantics of it all yeah that, we need to be believers uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> but if you haven't listened to Skin by Sabrina Carpenter that's like the newest update of it and it's it's very exciting and I love this kind of stuff. So expect this kind of content yeah. from us moving forward. High school drama. <laughs> High school drama. We're here for it. There's going to be, I mean, so we're going to be doing an episode, I think we said every two weeks to start. Yes. Um, yes. Just for, we've got to just kind of get our feet wet, right? Figure things out. Um, and then we will be talking about all different kinds of things because there's a ton of stuff coming out in February. I mean, we're going to be talking the third movie of To All the Boys I Loved Before, um, which is really exciting. That trailer just came out. We'll be talking Riverdale, we'll be talking Bachelor um, and Bachelor in Paradise. So all kinds of stuff. And then um, Mel also told me this morning that Bridgerton, um, which is another Netflix show that is 
awesome. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. I'm sure you've seen it on everybody's Instagram because it's like a big deal. Um, is just got signed on for a second season. So I don't know when that's coming out, but we'll be talking about that as well. And if you haven't watched it, don't watch it with your parents or your boyfriend or your grandmother or significant other. Just it's it's too sexual. If you want something that is spicy, like watch Bridgerton immediately because it is some good stuff. <laughs> but make sure your grandma's not. Around. Well, just from experience, because um, my grandmother is is no longer with us. But um, one time I watched a True Blood episode with her um, and my uncle and my aunt on a vacation like like 10 years ago and it w- happened no. to be an episode where they were having a threesome and everyone was naked <laughs> and yeah I'm pretty much scarred from that so yeah just <laughs> I saw Mean Girls in theaters with my aunt when I was like 10 oh, years Lord. old yeah it's and and she was like it's gonna be fun and I'm it's like not, it's not <laughs> it's never comfortable um yeah so definitely Bridgerton I it seems like a Jane Austen but it's uh-huh it's a little more oh. Game of Thrones sexually. I don't know how to how to classify <laughs> soft softcore porn. Like yeah. you know, they had an intimacy coordinator come on yeah. set. That's when you know it's gonna get spicy. It's good. So it's good. expect some spice from us, yep. and uh, we look forward to sharing all this guys like with you guys in the future. And yeah, uh, yeah we're so excited. We are. We are. <laughs> so more from us soon. Uh, but until next time, guys. Thanks for listening, and stay healthy. I'm not